0: I have two go-to methods that help me center myself in stressful situations now. The first, I talked about in episode one of this show. I imagine my dad in places and situations when I need him. The second is one I've used since I was young. I'll close my eyes and focus specifically on the sound and feel of a particular place in time. And then for me, some of the most profound sensory impressions are found on the beach. Waves, gentler crashing, sand beneath bare feet, the unique melody of the wind, and the sense of being enveloped by the sun. Mother Nature has a way of reminding you that the big things are quite small. But she can also fry you like the Colonel's original recipe if you're not careful. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad, the podcast for those who have loved and lost and sought to make sense of those experiences. My name is Doug. Our little Maxine came into this world with ten fingers, ten toes, and all the makings of a happy and healthy baby. You can't really ask for anything more than that. And it wasn't until a month or so into her time on this earth that I took her outside with me in the afternoon to stroll in the grass. It was one of those picturesque low-70s days, and I felt like soaking it in. Now, Amanda lovingly informed me that though my intentions were pure, I should make sure that Maxine was covered up or in the shade because babies can sunburn easily. Well, you go ahead and chalk that one up to one of the million things I've learned since becoming a father. I took it to heart, though. Sun hat ordered. Sunscreen applied when necessary. Sunglasses on. And looking fierce as hell. We spent a hell of a lot of time last summer with Maxine on that deck, enjoying the slow moments under the shade of the sun umbrella. But winter comes on like a freight train here in the Mitten. After the elf and Christmas vacation watching season wraps up, you gotta buckle up, baby, cause we're in for a few more months of cold and snow with little to no fanfare. You begin to wish the sun would come out. Uh, knock, knock, yes, Monsieur Soleil? I'm ready to be heard again. Well, lucky for us, this baby hails hardy. She was more than happy to take winter treks with her old man, so she was outside quite a bit. In a season that halts the growing cycle of most things, this little lady flourished. Now, like any Midwesterner worth their road salt, we Dortas exalted in the first sunny days come spring. We played in the sunlight provided by our picture windows in the living room. The house was warm. Maxine was happy, and Amanda and I were content. There was just one little problem. Maxine has the complexion of, I guess Major Payne said it best, white on rice and a glass of milk on a paper plate in a snowstorm. She got a low-grade sunburn playing indoors. So it appears we're going to have to be a little extra cautious. New sun hats have arrived sun shirts, and all the other items that might allow us to avoid slathering this baby up like Wendy Peppercorn anytime she joins us out there. I'll be honest, though, we're probably still going to have to slather her up. She is pale. But hey, we have to get out there. Summer exists to remind us to make hay while the sun shines. Maxine heads toward UV rays like a moth to a flame, so we'll do whatever it takes to get her in it and keep her in it but safely. It stands to reason she will be burned again. Probably by the time I finish recording this episode. But I know it won't stop her from getting back out there. I know it never stopped Dad. If you've been following along, you know I've gone on at length about how much Dad loved to fish and how much he enjoyed the water. So it shouldn't come as any surprise to you when I say that Dad had a special place in his heart for Florida. We took a trip down there as a family almost every spring break from a certain age on. Did we fly? Hell no. We loaded a minivan with everything we'd need, and we knocked out that day-long drive to the tune of fishing rods constantly tapping the window right behind my head. You know how Captain Hook's mustache twitched when he heard the uh, clock and it reminded him of the crock? I think my eye does something similar when I hear light taps on a window. And it's worth noting that we daughters run on the tall side. So these trips got a little cramped when Bran and I hit our teenage years. I mean, we really packed it in there. But Dad grabbed a new cup of coffee at every gas station, we swapped driving shifts with Ma, and one of us kids helped keep him awake as he drove through the night. It was all worth it. The cramped legs, the forever tapping, the, uh, smells. Because we were chasing the sun. And soon we'd be wrapped in the warm embrace of sunsets, the breeze, and a walk on the beach, if you please. The first stop over the state line was always the Florida Welcome Center, always in the morning. Dad would use the restroom, change into the shortest shorts and brightest shirt he had, and we'd all have our first glass of fresh squeezed OJ as the day began to unfurl. We collected relevant brochures for area attractions stretched our legs, and the folks indulged me while I chased a lizard or two. Didn't matter how old I got, I never lost the fascination for those little guys. Then finally, Dad would get antsy. He'd beep the horn in the van and he'd shout, Come on! We're burning daylight here! So back into the family truckster for the final leg of the journey. There's no end to the notable events that occurred with Dad on these Florida trips but there are two times that jump right to the front of my mind when I think of Dad going toe-to-toe with the sun. Both occurred on the day we got to our final destination, but the first occurred mere moments after we put the van in park. That was usually all business when we landed. Boys, unpack, ask your mother what she needs from the bags, get the cooler emptied into the fridge, etc., But something about the sun above the ocean called to him that year. We parked. He smirked. And he said, I'm going for a dip. Off he went. Straight from the lot of the place we stayed, onto the beach. Off came the shirt and the glasses, and he marched steadily on until he was forced to transition to a breaststroke. I just stood there. Dumbfounded that he could still surprise me after all those years and he looked at home out there, moving effortlessly with the current. You could physically see peace washing over his face. I love that memory. After Dad had adequately reacquainted himself with his second home, the sea, he walked back onto the shore with all the serenity and poise of a Greek god come to grace us mortals with his presence. All of a sudden, though, Dad started doing this erratic jig, and he was kind of batting at his downstairs. He was making these odd, high-pitched noises, and he was dancing like he was in a western. I thought he must have had a crab or a small jellyfish in his swim trunks. And that's when I noticed. He wasn't wearing swim trunks. Dad was still wearing the same shorts he'd tossed on when he got to the visitor center. I figured it out about the same time he did, and I watched as he fished in his pocket and tossed a flip phone into the sand. You see... He didn't remember the phone was in his shorts. That was all fine and dandy while Dad was swimming, but the moment he came out of the water, that phone was letting him know it was there, and it was very near to his uh, near and dears, if you know what I mean. After the shock of discovering the phone, the classic bag of rice trick and a hairdryer proved enough to save the phone, and the vacation proceeded without further issue. The other first day of Florida story involves the same dad, on the same beach, in front of the same water, finding a shark tooth in the sand. We'd already unpacked after arrival, and we were strolling the beach, stretching the legs. We didn't often find shark teeth down there, so Dad was stoked, and Bran was stoked too. The two of them took off down the beach in search of more teeth. Now I had gone off with Ma to take care of something else and a few hours went by before we thought, well, we ought to start on dinner. So Ma sent me to find the guys. I discovered Bran and Dad had made it only a small way down the beach, and they had found a hell of a lot more teeth. But Dad had also taken off his shirt in the course of their endeavor and failed to put on sunscreen. Now, you're probably getting two and two together by this point, but Dad looked like a vine-ripened tomato by the time the sun went down that night. You could have drawn the map to dry land right there on his back. So you know who spent the second day of vacation lying face down on the couch with a fan blasting on his back? Dad. Know who taught me how to let the kid inside take a turn at the wheel from time to time regardless of how old I get? Dad. Now, he bounced back quickly, and again, a hell of a vacation ensued. It's that kid-at-heart-sided dad that I try to embody as much as possible with Maxine. But it can be tough. Babies require lots of things. Spur of the moment is more like catalyst of the coming hours. But last summer, Amanda embodied that kid-at-heart dad energy in an extremely infectious way. And we took advantage. It was another ideal day. The kind of day Bob Ross would paint. Maxine was just shy of four months old. Mom had the itch. Why not go to the beach? That was our first lesson in prioritizing all the things a baby needs for a last-minute adventure, but we grabbed it all, loaded the vehicle, and went straight for Lake Michigan. Roughly 40 minutes later, we were at a park that Dad loved when he was out this way. Kirk Park, if you ever want to go. We finagled all the gear and hauled the little lady to the shore of the big water. We struggled with the sunshade. Who doesn't? We laid down the towels and settled in for some majesty. Now, Amanda simply cannot be around a body of water without going in. So very quickly, we slathered the baby up with sunscreen, exposed that little teeny tiny tookus of hers to the air, and we took a dip as a family. that, that right there? was pure Michigan. (laughs) But of course, no trip to the beach is complete without some sand making its way into a place you wouldn't prefer. It wasn't long before little Max was essentially breaded from the waist down. We got creative, cleaned her off, and laid her out to dry in the shade while I offered her a bottle. You know what happened next? She was lulled to sleep by the sound of the waves. She slept one of the best naps she's ever taken, right there on the beach. She had her little hands resting on her belly and a serene expression on her face. The same expression Dad wore before his nethers received a wake-up call, that is. The sun is a constant, ever-present reminder of the cycle of life. Every season, hell, every day, it's there to remind us that ideal situations are only ideal because they're fleeting. Also, there's a damn good chance the things we love most in life might hurt us at some point. Dad knew how to make hay while the sun was shining. Consequences be damned. And I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, I think Maxine is well on her way to drawing a similar conclusion. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad. I'm Dad. As always, if you have any comments, you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you have anything you'd like to say, please reach out at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. If you like what you hear, subscribe. More episodes weekly. I'm gonna keep reminiscing, reflecting, and attempting to blend the past into the future. You can come along. Thank you, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. This week's Wally wisdom is as simple as they ever came. If you asked Dad what he was up to, he would likely answer, Huh. Another day, another ray. So the next time you get an itch, scratch it. It might hurt, yeah. But it'll probably be worth it. I'll see you next time, folks.